Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Uh, I want to start with some uh, news that just came down within the last hour, I want to say. A federal judge is not going to block Microsoft from acquiring a company called Activision Blizzard. And if that's a weird-sounding name to you, it's because they were two different companies at one point, and they merged in, and I guess they couldn't decide, so they went with like a hyphenated last name kind of a deal. But you remember Activision, right, from back in the day. Okay, look, full disclosure, I am 49 years old, but we are the first generation of gamers. Like we, you know, we perfected Pong and Pac-Man so you, so you could have Fortnite, youngsters, right? But for our interest in Galaga and Centipede, you have the titles you have today. You have Rust. You have uh, PUBG. Right. And so what you need to know, if you don't know anything about the gaming industry, the gaming world, the thing to the thing to keep in mind here is this. It dwarfs the movie business. OK, like the amount of money that is spent on games. And when I and when I say this, it's going to click for you because there are different platforms. Like Back in the day, it was the PC games first, right on the on your personal computer. You had Atari. You had uh, ColecoVision was one of them. Then Nintendo came out with Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. And then what was the other? Sega with Sonic the Hedgehog. Basically all of the ones they're making movies about nowadays, right? Because they ran out of ideas. So these are the original gaming consoles. But over time, the consoles have obviously become more and more powerful. But here it is. Smartphones and tablets. All the games that are played, particularly by women, on smartphones and tablets, it's huge, right? And the media generally doesn't understand this. I, I tell this story um, because there was a there was a there's a particular game. It's called Call of Duty. It comes out every year. There's a new version of it every single year, and I think the retail price is probably somewhere still around seventy dollars. For this game and you pre-order it so they have a copy of it at the store they sell out immediately it's and it is like an opening night in theaters all across the country and it is bigger by orders of magnitude of like minimum like all right so what, what was the what's the big numbers from uh from the weekend what sound of freedom beat uh the the indie film beat the indie film right the indiana jones film right so that was in like the tens of millions of dollars, I want to say. Do you, want, do you know what the, the number one uh, video game in the Call of Duty franchise, you know what that has done? It was called Black Ops, which was the best one. And that's like 10 years ago. 15, uh, 15 years ago. Over $2 billion for that one game. And they release them every year. See, 
just because they don't show you the pictures of all the lines around the corner at the Best Buy and the GameStop and such doesn't mean that people don't buy these games. It's just not the audience that a lot of news departments are in touch with. And so one year when I said, hey, and it wasn't here, it wasn't at WBT, but I said, hey, I was talking to uh, the news department. I said, uh, why don't I take you know some equipment down and I'll you know, set up outside of the Best Buy for the release of this game. Because I'm going to be there anyway. I'm going to buy, I got, I have my copy on order. I'm going to be there. So why don't I just shoot some video? And they're like, meh, meh. Like, do you realize it's a, this is a bigger, this is a bigger deal every year than the movie industry does. And these, that, this is just one title, one title, because there are other different developers. So Activision Blizzard, that's the, Merger these two companies, and they control this franchise, this Call of Duty franchise. And like I said, every year they put out a different video game. But what is also happening now is a migration to the servers, to the clouds. People aren't even, I can't even tell you the last time I bought a physical CD or a a game disc to go into my Xbox. I'm an Xbox guy. I put my money on Bill Gates way back in the day. I don't know if that was good. Maybe I've helped subsidize his purchase of some farms to shut down to get us all to eat bugs. I apologize for that. But I also have Microsoft uh, Office, so uh, I'm a double offender. But, no, I just I, I banked on Microsoft having the inside track on games because it's software, basically. And I believe that they understood that. I mean, you have the console, yes, but the consoles, these uh, Sony PlayStation or Xbox or Switch or whatever, all the Nintendo stuff, all of them are, I mean, they're basically just computers, and you plug them into your TV monitor. That's it, right? And so the faster you can make those things with a good graphics card, then uh, you're, really, you're really competing over what? Over the games, the content. You know what I always say, content is king. And so I put my money on on Microsoft because they were already into the PC and software space. And so what has happened is a guy named Phil Spencer took over at, um, at Xbox. And over the last several years now, they've been acquiring different software development companies, game developers. This is just the latest. And what they've also been doing is building in basically this entire cloud library where you, you pay a subscription fee and you can play any game in and going back Decades, like from the original Xbox, Xbox 360, all of those old systems, they've been putting all of those into the into the library. And so you're constantly getting access to all of the games. And Sony cannot compete with this. Sony is like, they're, and they're number one, by the way. PlayStation is the number one gaming console. And they went to the government, not just here in America, but they also went to the EU and they said, you're going to stop competition if the government regulators did not kill this deal. This is a win, not just for Microsoft and not just for gamers, but it's a win for the free market. Because Microsoft is, yes, they're huge as a company, but Xbox itself, like as a market share, it's much smaller than Sony. And other, like Nintendo, they were like, well, yeah, we'll just sign an agreement with uh, with Xbox and you know, Call of Duty will be available on our game system, too. And Microsoft offered that to Sony as well. They offered it to Steam, which is the PC gaming platform. They offered it over there, too. And they they were like, yeah, sure. Actually, we don't even need an agreement. You put it up there, whatever. Because Steam, that guy, he's like total libertarian guy. He's like, look, 
if the if you want your product to be sold to our customers, you're going to want to be on our platform. Right? But Sony, what does Sony do? Sony goes to GovCo and tries to erect a regulatory barrier to try to get them to say no and and, and to put an injunction in place so they can't proceed with this deal. It is a $69 billion deal. And they just bought uh, a couple years ago Bethesda. That's another software developer, uh, a game developer that they make highly popular franchise, uh, the uh, Elder Scrolls and uh, what's that? And the Fallout. Those are the, the big ones that they do. And so Microsoft is is bringing these developers in house so they can so they can crank out more content, and they could do cross promotions and all sorts of other stuff. The decision by this federal judge today not to block it, not to continue to block it. Not to grant the injunction by the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California clears the way for Microsoft to consummate a deal that will make it the third largest video game publisher in the world with control over popular franchises like Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and Diablo. The U.S. government has, quote, not shown it is likely to succeed on its assertion the combined firm will probably pull Call of Duty from Sony PlayStation. See, Sony's not even making the argument here that... Oh, they're going to be number three. That's too big. They're saying they're going to they're going to take over this company and not allow the game to be on our platform. Which I might add is something that the Major League Baseball games do with Sony. With Sony, people have to buy their consoles in order to get that game. What was it called the Show or something? I think it's yeah. now finally. Did they ever open it up on Xbox? I don't even know. Yeah. They, they finally did. But in order to, but that's what Sony, this exclusivity deal that they signed. So Sony doesn't want Xbox to do what Sony has been doing. That's why I say, in your face, Sony, that's competition. It's a Pete tweet. Hey, Pete, just to give you an idea of how big Call of Duty is, during the FTC hearing, it came out that one million players play on Call of Duty or play Call of Duty the game on PlayStation console, and nothing else. That's all they do. Look, I used to play Call of Duty, and then I just I got bored of it because it's the same thing over and over again. Now, they do put out a new game every year, but it's essentially, and they do make changes to it. But your base, it's always basically the same thing, that you it's a multiplayer online game. You... They put you into a lobby together with random people, or you can squad up with your friends. You get your microphone and earpiece, and you can talk to each other, and then you go into these battlefield scenarios, and they got all sorts of different kinds, you know, different, uh, like in a city or out in the desert someplace or whatever, just, you know, mountains, these facilities, and you work your way through them, and you just try to eliminate. They have different versions, you know, capture the flag kind of stuff or hold an area, um, or just a straight up, you know, whoever gets the most amount of uh, enemy kills by the end of the time limit, they win. And then you just run it back again, and then you can, like, upgrade your gun and upgrade your uh, your little profile pictures. And I just, I didn't care about any of that. And it just got repetitive for me, and so I was like, I'm out. But this is what a lot of these, a lot of people do. They just play the same game over and over and over and over, and they they have the maps memorized, and they're phenomenal. Those who aren't using the... Aimbots, 
<laughs> that was the big, he's cheating. He's got an aim bot. He's got some kind well, whatever. But the thing is like Sony is trying to, and this is classic case happens all over the place. Sony is trying to use government to block their competitor from gaining market share, from taking a bite out of their action, right? But also, they're failing to adapt. Microsoft is adapting. They're going to all the cloud-based stuff. They're, they're actually they're trying to get you know, cross-platforms. They want everybody to be able to play with everybody else, and it doesn't matter what platform you're on. They've already done it with PC, which makes sense because those are Microsoft operating systems. You can actually get, get this. They cut a deal with Samsung. Smart TVs are going to have the Xbox app built into the television. All you'll need to do is buy the controller and a subscription service. You're, you're, so you buy the Xbox uh, Game Pass, I think it's called. You buy that Game Pass, you can play anywhere on any Xbox-enabled device. All you'll need is a controller. That's where they're going. And Sony is like, no, no, don't take Call of Duty away from us. <laughs> like, dude, we're not taking your Call of Duty. My goodness. Quit being such a Call of Duty head. Oh, and before I forget, have you got your ticket to the Heritage Life Skills event yet? I'll be there. The annual event is put on by Carolina Readiness Supply, and you can learn all sorts of ways to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables. I'll be there Saturday evening. Check out the schedule at carolinareadiness.com. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness can help you. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Uh, you can also email Pete at the thepetecalendarshow.com. And uh, on Twitter, at Pete Callender, where I am having an amusing conversation with one Don Sinclair about uh, the right to privacy. He's really, really intent on making sure that dudes get into locker rooms and showers with young girls. Very, very important to him that this happens. And all I'm asking is, okay, what's the right to privacy then? And he says, well, you don't get a right to privacy in this scenario, this story, because she was the, the swimmers were in a public building. It's public school. So you don't have any right to privacy, and there's no private right to privacy because it's a public building. I said, well, then why don't you put doors on the stalls, right? What's the point of doors on the stall? What's the point of, of having a door to the restroom at all? See, these are the discussions that we have on Twitter, and uh, it's entertaining sometimes. It's where I say we do the wet work. Um, first... Trisha Cotham, and now Misha Maynard, or Mesha Maynard, from Georgia, a peach state lawmaker who angered her Democratic colleagues in the House of Representatives over her support for a recent bill, is expected to announce today, like, oh, I guess she already did. It was scheduled for before noon. Um that she is switching from Democrat to Republican. She, uh, she is in District 56 in the Georgia State House since uh, January 2021. She will announce shortly before noon on Tuesday that she will switch her party registration to Republican. What do you think the bill was? What bill did Misha Maynard support that got her in such hot water with her Democrat colleagues? Do you give up? 
Well, if you guessed school choice, you are correct. Just like Trisha Cotham. Um, I'll give you details on this in a moment. Let me go over here and get Josh on. Hello, Josh. Welcome to the program. How's it going, Mr. Pete? All right. What's going on? Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment about uh, what you're talking about, about this whole transgender movement. I've, I've never seen anything in my life get so out of hand. Like, I am freaking livid with all this stuff going on now. Okay. Was that it? That's the... the no, ch- no, sir. Oh, okay. Just that you're mad. Okay. Yes, sir. Basically, uh, you know, you, it's being pushed down your throat everywhere you go. And the fact is now they're letting males into females restrooms and vice versa. And, you know, it, it, it's it's a thing where, you know, a female needs her privacy and, you know, and they don't want no man intruding on them while they're in the bathroom or in the locker room changing. And, you know, that's going to that's going to get them riled up. Mm-hmm. Well, what they're saying is that the the trans person's feelings are more important than the non trans person's feelings in this case. The, the females, the young ladies that are in a school locker room, this was this story that came out uh, with, uh, that, that prompted this argument, was uh, there's a swim team and a trans member just joins and starts parading around in the locker room, changing with the girls, and a couple of the girls did not like it, so they put up, they went to the coaches, they went to the administrators, they went everywhere, and everybody kept saying, can't do it, can't, sorry, they got to let them in, got to let them in. And, you know, I pointed out this was always the natural end point for the HB2 debate. This is when HB2 in North Carolina was adopted. This is precisely the argument that we made. Like you're you're uh you're elevating the rights of one person above the rights of the others in that setting. There's a there's a conflict of rights. And they're saying that what they're forcing those other girls to to do is to say you're not allowed to feel the way you feel because this other person feels differently and their feelings are superior to yours. That's what they've been saying. Definitely, and in a special too, since they're letting biological males compete on biological mm-hmm. females' teams, it's giving the biological male the upper hand. Mm-hmm. And you know that that's another thing. That's another issue that needs to be addressed as well. You know, biologically, men are stronger than women are, but not according to the uh, science I've read recently. Not the younger generation of men; they are not stronger by grip strength measurements than their moms. I did not know that. <laughs> the younger, so the younger boys, younger men, do not have the grip strength of their boomer or Gen X moms. And I did not know that. But I appreciate <laughs> you having me on. I just wanted to voice my concern on that. And no. I hope you have a wonderful day. All right, man. You too, Josh. I appreciate it. No, and uh, the, the General Assembly has passed a bill prohibiting men from playing on female um, sports at the uh, you know, K-12 and, and even the collegiate level. Um, Governor Cooper vetoed those bills along with the, you know, the transgender surgery bill and whatnot. And I have, I did read the story in the Charlotte Observer. I did like a million words on this one family. I have it. Um, And so they passed these bills. Governor Cooper has uh, uh, vetoed them and they'll be bringing them up for an override as well. Um, But the more the public learns about these issues, the less approving they are. It's sort of like the gun debate. It's sort of like the abortion debate. 
right? Most people don't know all the ins and outs of all of these issues. And so the more the issue gets debated and they are exposed to arguments, usually from the right, that they never get to hear because the media doesn't share those beliefs. The media reporters and such, they are generally allies of Democrats. They are simpatico, and I think there's a number of reasons for that. They come from a particular background, Um that lands them in the journalism field where they're able to actually afford to work in the field of journalism because it pays so crappy. Um, They usually come from a wealthy background, white liberal background, um, and they have college debt and stuff. So they have these sort of, you know, progressive sensibilities. And so they don't know these arguments. They're not aware of the theoretical and philosophical underpinnings of conservatism. All they think is hate as is exemplified in that Charlotte Observer story of the the couple with the transgender kid up in Huntersville. They think it's all hate. And it's not on the the surgeries, the banning of the surgeries uh, under the age of 18. And they think that this has something, the the men in in women's spaces thinks it has something to do with hate or, or bigotry rather than seeing it for what it is, which is the protection of the right to privacy for females in a female space. And what, what the left says, what progressives say, the leftists say, is that this one person's perception of themselves trumps your perception and your perception and yours and yours and everybody else in here, all y'all's perception of reality. One person's internal thought supersedes all y'all's thoughts about what is real. You all agree what is real, but that doesn't matter. In that person's mind, you're wrong, they're right, and so now you have to allow that person into your private, uh, your private space. That is a conflict of rights. And nobody ever wants to talk about it in these terms. They talk about, oh, most assaults are heterosexual guys. Like, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. You're allowing these men into women's spaces based on their one perception of reality versus and trumping all of their perceptions of what is real. Let me go over here to Michael. Welcome to the program. Michael, how are you? Hey, I'm great, Pete. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. So their plan is working. Whose plan? Microsoft. Oh, okay. Microsoft's plan. What? I'm, I'm a PlayStation fanatic. Uh, well, we all have our cross to bear, Michael. We all have our crosses to bear. I know, and <laughs> I only play Fallout and Skyrim. Yeah, great game. And the new the Skyrim's going to be Starfield. Yep, Microsoft exclusive. Have they said that? So, yes, they yes. have said that. They said that Starfield is not coming to the PlayStation ever. Okay, so I had to buy Xbox. Well, there you go. That's that's one way around it. Yeah. I'm ashamed of myself because I'm a PlayStation guy. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Well, but here's the so here's the thing though, Mike. Now you're going to be able to play on the Game Pass as well. You're going to get access to every single game. So some games that you didn't uh, purchase for Sony on the PlayStation, you'll be able to play on the Xbox. I'd be curious to know, like after a while, um, like a year or so, if you if your attitudes change or your perf- your preferences change. You know, my son's been trying to get me to make this jump for years. Really? Yes. So, what what has held you back know. from uh, from? I can tell you why I haven't gone to Sony. Um, I don't. I didn't go to. I have never gone to Sony because I don't 
uh, like I don't like the the buttons, the square, the triangle, the circle buttons. I don't like that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I like the color coded letters uh, that the Xbox One has. Um, right. And there was one other thing. Oh, the the lack of the the library. Like I don't. I'd have to rebuild an entire library. And you know the friends that I have online, they're already they're all on Xbox. So you would be leaving right. your friends. Yeah. Right. So, but then that's all I wanted to say, man. They, they, their plan's working. Their plan's working. Well, it's just for Starfield. That's all. Right. That's the only game I'm interested in. Well, but aren't they doing, isn't Skyrim, um, that's all part of Elder Scrolls, and they got that whole thing online now, right? And they're going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that they're coming with something in that franchise. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's still going to be Bethesda. Xeniamax. Xeniamax, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Microsoft owns it, so we probably won't get it in that either. I doubt it. They'd be they'd be ignoring a market of a million people that play Call of Duty, right? They're, they're, however many people are going to be on uh, playing on uh, on uh, the Playstations, right? They're not going to just not offer that up. I mean, because the because Bethesda's been building these games, so they've been building them for both Sony and Microsoft, so. Right. That they have the knowledge to do it, so why wouldn't they make it that way and then port it over there and then people can buy the games and they can make more money. It just makes that makes sense to me. They're going to make right. more money. It it's just sense. Yeah, it's just going to be a one purchase thing for people on Sony, right? Like everybody on a PlayStation is going to have to buy the game, whereas people on Xbox will be able to just play the game under Game Pass under the subscription model. They don't necessarily have to buy the game up front. Oh, okay, I got you. I yeah, got you. and then what Microsoft does is they'll take the they rotate the games through the library of what's available, so they'll let you know. Oh, next month these games are going away, and these other games are coming in. And so if you want the game that's going away, then you buy it. Right. Yes, Sony does a very similar thing. What do they do? Um, they have a program called PlayStation Plus, mm-hmm. and as long as you're a member, it's like ten bucks a month. You you can play any Sony game. Okay. So, yeah. it's, it's very similar. Yeah, they stole that from Xbox, I guess. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, all the way back to PS1 games, <laughs> two, three, you know, the, the an entire library. So that's interesting, because that was what Xbox did with the mirroring. They, they were the ones that developed that and were able to bring all of those old games into the new consoles. So I guess Sony finally, uh, I guess, figured yeah, it out, Sony too. Yeah, did the same thing. Yeah, okay. All right. Hey, Mike, I appreciate the call. I'll see you on Xbox. Hey, man, I appreciate you. I love. I listen to you every day. Well, thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. Thanks. Okay, you have All right, a great day. You too. You too. Um, you know the average age of a gamer? It's like over forty years old. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, people overlook this demographic. It's uh, and and not to mention the ladies, the ladies that play the Candy Crush and the Angry Birds. And the the Wordle or the because I mean, all of those count as video games. So all of the games on the Facebook and I don't even I don't play any of those games on um, on my phone because you know when you are when you are raised in the environment of PC games and console games, you know going on to the smartphone and playing like this these little blink 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 and it doesn't does not hold my attention. But women, that's not, I'm not the target demo for it. Women are. And it's very, very popular. So there you go. All right, news is next.